Welcome, welcome to us, the uh, unexpected tales about the unexpected. Actually, they're expected tales. We've told them what we're going to do, but they're about unexpected tales that the unexpected tales, the TV series, was about. Uh, you have, but in fact, got a rice crispy in your beard. Yeah, there you go. Have we sort of given up on how many tales and things nope. put in the, um, in, the, in the thing now? I'm or? persevering. Right, okay. okay but right. it is about that series that was that what was on TV in the in the late seventies and throughout the eighties. Now then. We're doing one today called a Dip in the Pool, which isn't about swimming, a swimming pool. No, it's but it is about a pool of sorts. Yes, exactly. It's a different type of pool. And there is a dip involved. And there's a dip involved. but th- So there's, there's lots of metaphor. It works on many it's, levels. It's, it's, it's a lovely story, but you have to concentrate yeah. on the reason why things are happening. And I'm not entirely sure whether I got why things were happening. All I knew was that the guy was in a bit of... There was an issue going on. Yeah. So I don't know if I really understood this auction business, but you'll have to explain it. But let's uh, let's let's go back in time then um, to when Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl is introducing this story. And now then, he's in back in his chair, but he's got a cardigan on this time. Yeah, yeah. And his green board, he's got his green, green board. Green board out. Now, it seems to me there's a suggestion that there is a log fire going on. Yeah, definitely. But... Definitely. I think that's pretend lighting oh. on these cheeks and stuff. It doesn't seem quite right. So maybe it was just a nice day and they had to pretend it wasn't at night. Yeah. See, in, in my mind, I've got flickering flames, but I could, I could be, I could be putting that on. Could, could be, yeah. but I don't think those flames were, were big enough to hit his face. Ah, also, right. also, also, why isn't this done in a TV studio? This probably was done in a TV studio, yeah. but we're made to think it was done at his house. So, you know, you're not going to have a log fire in a TV studio. No, that's true. He's there, though, and he's explaining about his love for gambling, really. Yeah, and, and it's quite a convoluted story, isn't it? It's a story that I sort of struggled to follow, to be honest. So he says there are, there are real gamblers, yeah. or there are, like, passionate... Is that what I've written there? Passionate gamblers? I can't remember what he says, but he's he's, he's neither. He's neither. He's, neither. he's a mad There's gambler. There's a third type. Yeah, of gambler. A mad gambler, and that's what he is. A mad no. gambler. He will bet on anything, and he and this is what where I, where I'm unsure. He's actually betting against himself. Right? That's what those gamblers kind of do. That though, but he, what he says is he's going to bet on having twins, and then late to the time he says, "I'm going to bet that I fail." Yeah. I don't get that better. And interestingly, he puts that on with the same person he's put the first bet on. Yeah, so if they... I was the bookie, I'd make the odds so that uh, I couldn't lose. Yeah, and also the, they look to be friendly as well. These these two, Roald yeah. and the camp and the better. You get that, okay? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That, that he's doing it as a bit of a favour. Either way, I don't think I think you wouldn't be able to bet now on whether you had twins during pregnancy. You would be able to bet before there was. Any pregnancy? Is, it, is that because of scientific? Yeah, because you can prove a lot of stuff, can't you? Which, so in this day and age, and that that actually argument carries forward into this story. It does, absolutely does. Yeah, there's, there's quite an innocence. So, um, well, let's get into the story then. Uh, right. Well, it starts over. It starts with the voiceover again. Yeah, he just runs into the story, 
and he's telling us about how it's been a bad storm. This is the day after a bad storm on a ship, a cruise ship. And he's saying that uh, the purser has got the uh, chairs out, people, he's tucked rugs around their legs, they're out there in the heatless October sun. So what is a purser? It's like... uh, Not a captain? Not a captain, no. I think it's the person who's in charge of money on the ship, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure. that, well, the purse would describe well, that, yeah, wouldn't it? So would maybe is maybe he's the person who sees to things, the finances. Then, as you say, yeah, yeah, it might not be the purse who's putting the rugs out, but whichever way, whoever's doing it, yeah, what you see on the screen does not match. No, it doesn't. What I was telling you, no, it doesn't. It looks like stock footage as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, from Triangle. Do you remember they used to? Yes, be? that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Triangle, there was. I remember there was somebody called Larry Lamb. Now, I've never been sure if it's the same Larry Lamb as is now about. Uh, from um, Gavin and Stacey? Yeah, or whether it was a different one. Oh, right, OK. Well, let's look into that then. It was, uh, he looked young, but obviously it was nine, about 1970s. Right. With, with Kate O'Mara, you see been it, I remember. Uh, and she's a sort of woman who might well turn up in uh, Tales of the Unexpected. Again, it's from that... It's from that um, those actors, actresses that would have sort of like been popular at the time but it, it popular enough so to be part of this series. Yeah. These, yeah, ongoing. So he, it is in fact the same the same Larry it's Lamb. Larry Lamb. And that's from nineteen eighty one. Ah, it's a good find that, a good spot. So that was but, triangle, but this yeah. is now Roald is talking about events on a ship that aren't happening. Yeah, and as I say, he's describing this heatless October sun. There's a woman in a Swimsuit. Yes, so, uh, yeah, an all-in-one. And uh, the uh, hero who uh, the protagonist, himself, the protagonist, yeah, who introduces himself as Mr. Bottyball, is in fact wearing an open-neck shirt and looking quite warm. Yeah, uh, he's but he is in a suit. Maybe he is in a suit. Yeah, mate. But it's but it's kind of it does look like a summer suit, doesn't it? Yeah. So yeah. So but he does introduce himself to this couple. Yeah, he's got something on his mind. Yeah, and he's doing some paperwork, little little bits of note writing and stuff. Yeah, and then he he cuts the conversation short with this couple who occasionally pop up during the. He does the cut it short mm. now, I'm, and I'm thinking, what are we supposed to feel for Mister Bottyball here? Because he is talking to this couple, and they ask him, or he's asked, "What sort of sailor are you?" He says, just average, gets and walks off. First of all, that couple that he's t- Botty Ball's talking to, they show back up a couple of times later on. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. husband does, at least, anyway. Yeah. But Botty Ball is, is when, before they've joined, he's already working on something on his notepad. So maybe it was them who was being rude. Yeah, perhaps so. And he's perhaps like, so. He's, so whatever he's worked out, he goes over to this guy and he says, do you know if the captain's table uh, is the captain's table full yeah or something like that okay and then he goes mm, I'm not I'm not sure about that he goes what about the purser's table and then he says uh, oh yeah and then he offers him some money he says get me on the purser's table yeah so and the guy accepts it because the next time we see it he's actually at the table I mean, one thing that uh, I notice is a recurring theme in here, actually, is that when he introduces himself, he has a special way of spelling out his name to people. Yeah, he's practised it, hasn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. It's almost like a, you could probably his profession demands that uh, 
in order to make friends, win friends and influence people, that using a nice way of remembering the surname is yeah. good. Because it's an unusual surname, which is something that I made a note of, actually. Right. When, when you're writing um, a script or, or a sketch or something like that, your names in it are names that everybody can identify with because you don't want them... You want them to understand the spelling so that or see how it's said. You you don't want people to be confused about something that, that's going to take their mind off. Yeah, um, because if, if it's me, if it's like a long name with lots of consonants yeah. in it I sort of skip it yeah and you, yeah so you forget it you won't refer back to it but also your mind might be going how do you say that and by this point you've lost you, some of the story yeah, yeah. so so have you have you looked into this no thing? it's just an unusual choice and I was just wondering whether Bottyball is the name of some like Roald's mate well what I can tell you is that Mr Bottyball the character, or at least a character called Mr. Bottyball, does appear in another Tales of the Unexpected. But not this guy. But not this guy. Well, well, if you if you watch to the end, you'll sort of get a clue about that of this of this thing as to whether it's this this guy. But what it is, it's a fella called Bottyball, and it's played by the same actor who plays this Bottyball. Oh bloody hell! And it's. It's coming up next series, and it's called Mr. Bottyball's First Love. I wonder if there's an, like an idea whether this was that was done before, or, or the idea, not the film, yeah. but the chronological order was yeah. that was first. Anyway, uh, but I will come back to that point right. that you were, uh, that we will not spoil it at the moment. But they're at the ship's te- purser's table, yeah. and Bottyball has got his, his one-track mind. He, yeah. Go straight in with the question. Yeah. Do you know anything about the ship's pool? Yeah. And then the woman from earlier... She's just a dip in the pool guy. Yeah. She says, oh, no, it's too cold to get in the, that pool. Yeah. That's he, one level. Yeah. And then he goes, the, the husband says, not that sort of pool. Yeah. He's go. talking about the auction pool. Now, then, the auction pool here is is that the captain yeah. gives an estimate... Of the ne- of the following days, m- miles that they cover. Yeah. So here, is it at this point we learn what it, what the captain's estimate is, or does that come a bit later? That on? comes a bit later but, on. But we do but find out that, that they have this ongoing thing yeah. where every day the captain estimates how far they're going to go, and then there's sort of like spread betting on who gets closest. Yes. They auction off the. Mile, the actual figure the captain says, and I think it's the ten miles before it and the ten miles after. Yeah. So, I suppose the smart money is going to think captain's likely to be right. You'd expect the figure the yeah. captain picks to get all the money on it, descending off. But yeah. then, so so we we work out that there's seven seven grand currently in there. Yeah. So Botty Ball's minds go in. Right, um, yeah, I could definitely do with that money. And then, around this time, the storm... You can hear the storm in the background already, but then the ship starts Yeah, to, you can see it, can't you, yeah. by, by then. People are getting a bit stressed with it and start walking off and yeah. evidently seasick and stuff. And then the guy, and Bottyball, then goes and starts questioning. Probably a bit too much. It's really it, intense, isn't it? It was quite uncomfortable. By so this just time, leave me alone. There's only him and presumably this person. The purser, yeah. And uh, Purser's sat there, Bottyball, in, in a sort of a bit like in um, ABBA, um, um, Name of the Game or whatever it is. Right. You know, knowing me, knowing you, where they're the sort of looking from one side to the other. 
Yeah. So he's yeah. in profile, and Botty Bolt yeah. is like almost at his shoulder looking in his yeah. face. Really, sort of trying but, to wring some information out yeah. of this fella. Do, so the the his question lining is: um, it has would the would the captain's estimate taken into account this storm? Yeah, that's just that's just happening. Um, and when did he make the estimate? And all these sorts of, sorts of relevant questions, but it's just too much for the person. He's just like, "Fuck's sake, get out of my goddamn face!" Yeah, but he knows that this guy. Uh, sorry, this est- the, the estimate is worth the risk. It's worth the bet now because um, it's the storms picked up, and it probably wasn't in. Yeah, the the. So he's the he's thinking forecast, but then how likely is that, right? Because he's thinking that this storm has taken the captain by surprise. Now I'm no sailor. Here's another example of me telling you things that I'm not good at. But I would have thought that even back in the 1970s there'd be some sort of radar type thing or charts or something that you could see storms coming. I would have thought exactly the same. It's like at least an indication of something that's happening off the coast of Gibraltar that it likely to come is likely way. to come this way. You know, yeah. at least get on the phone and say, just, uh, you might want to... Yeah, what, what, what's that. happening with, you know, we're thinking when are we going to get to land? What, what's what's happening with that? Well, whether Bottyball is like us and is just guessing at this, or whether he's been on this before, there's no... That... that Naivety is never brought into question. No, no. He, so he actually he, he's he's very convinced, isn't he? And you yeah. see him doing, as you say, a lot of calculation, a lot yeah. of thinking, a lot of the time when Bottybill's thinking as well. It's a bit like soap thinking, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's he's acting thinking. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. You can imagine him stroking his chin or something <laughs> like that. It didn't quite get yeah. that far, but he's not far off. Well, the next scene then is a cut to the auction. Yeah, where. The guy, uh, the auctioneer, is explaining the situation, which is the captain's estimate we now found out is 515? 515 miles. Okay, and so you can either have uh, above that, below that, or what's the term, low field? Yeah, so that you can either have, it seems, 515 or any of the 10 numbers below, any of the 10 numbers above, or... or at 505 or below is low yeah. field basically anything below 505 is, is low, low field. field so if you did two miles you win yeah so that is going to be the where the smart money if you're going to bet that's where you're going to get a, a nice return on well that's what Bottyball that's what Bottyball's thinking because he, he's thinking the captain yeah. know what he's doing yeah which is a real is he's underestimated the cat's captain's overestimation absolutely and then so i mean one thing that at this point they in order to remind us of the weather there is a very very clever sort of glass slide as they talk as the auctioneer's talking the ship moves the glass slides along the table then the auctioneer just catches it doesn't even look at doesn't it doesn't look at it puts it back where it came from it was wonderful it's a really really nice moment really nice bit of comedy um, so uh, now we've got the a montage of the bids going yeah. in for the other one and then the auctioneer comes back after a few cuts and says right now we're going to go for the low field uh, bid and here's, an, here's a point I made so he that's the one he's going out for right okay. yeah. 
But all during that bet, and while other people, because other people are betting, you know, 250, 300, 450, as it goes up, but all the time he's looking really worried. Yeah. But now, I thought must be because he wants the betting to kind of slow down. Yeah. So he can afford it, or yeah. it's a better price. But he waits a long time to put his bet in, almost as if he was waiting for it to reach, reach a certain. Yeah. yeah. Which the figure is a thousand pounds. Which he, which he there's a, a funny bit where a, a is it woman dollars or is it pounds? It's dollars. Yeah, a woman. She says nine hundred dollars. <laughs> it's really it's, it's uh, quite Hollywood how she does it. But this is her second or third line in the thing. But I, I'm assuming she wanted to make a, a name for herself with the nine hundred yeah, dollars. Like, yeah, I'm not sure it worked. I do mean, you remember? Do you, do you imagine on New Year's Eve when they were doing like a, a review of the year, like? I don't know. Uh, they used to do those programs, a review of the year, didn't they? Yeah. And they would be, and does everybody, it, whoever the time, Silver Black probably would have gone, and does everybody remember in Tales of the Unexpected, the $900 the, woman? The woman who said $900, yes, and round of applause. Oh, that, was, that made. Would, would she be here tonight? Would, she, oh, would, it, would it be? And here she is. And here she is, $900. <laughs> yeah. Or she would have been in one of the boxes in Celebrity Squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, like, you've got the sort of centre one, there's the really com- the sort of good one, don't you? Yeah, the comedy. Yeah. You've got a lot that you've... Top right is your worst one. Is it? That might have been where uh, the £900 yeah, lady, I, I, lady... I suspect so. Yeah. The worst box. Anyway, um, so, uh, he goes in with £1,000, that's it, final bid. Yeah, and, and, you know, you're saying about him holding his bet back, but isn't that like eBay eBay betting? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Isn't he sniping? Well, there's no time limit on it, so as long as it keeps going. So it's a bit, it's just a bit odd. I, and I think it was to build up a bit of dramatic tension. I just think it was handled badly. Right. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, so he's won. So then he goes to the bar... And he's just having a sit down, and he meets the husband from the they met earlier on in the scene. Yeah, and then there's a very weird exchange of poetry. Yeah, yeah, for no reason at all. Um, they just start quoting. Uh, uh, the the husband sort of pronounces wind wind. wind. Yeah, and then says it sounds a bit better. It's a bit more poetic. <laughs> and then the the other guy, oh yeah, poetry. And then says, my love is a red like red, a red rose. rose. Yeah. And then he explains actually, he's Ethel. Yeah, so he's Ethel. talking about Ethel, who is his wife or his partner or mistress. So, so uh, wife definitely. I, yeah. I would have thought. But you see, at that point, I did start warming towards Botty Ball. Yes, me too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He'd not come across as very, he'd been very intense with the purser. He'd been very short with this guy before he'd walked away from him. He's and yet then he sort of came across as though he really did care about Ethel. Yeah. And and I thought, even though he'd been one for soap act, soap acting up till that point. He did quite well as somebody who's a little bit in their cups. Sort of yeah, thing. I liked him, and it, and you're right; it's endearing because his the reason that he's trying to get this money is not for anything sinister. It's so that he can go and buy a car, yeah, and show off with his missus. He's, he he wants to do this for her. He wants her to have a good lifestyle and stuff. So it's, yeah. it's quite nice. It's for the pleasure of seeing her face when yeah, she sees the car. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's look so um I did say there's there's probably not enough about the one thousand pounds uh dollars. 
dollars at this po- up to this point because his next bit is that was my he said he reveals that this is his last one thousand dollars yeah now it doesn't seem like he's um, on a bad run or, or he's out of his luck no. or he's a down and out or anything like that no. so that news is is a bit of a surprise yeah. so I, I sort of wanted a little bit more about the fact that he's willing to do anything to get a bit more cash yeah he's on a boat remember right Which, not, not cheap it's not cheap he's well dressed and he's well dressed so it's, he's so, got the black yeah, tie I just think that I just think there needed to be more about that and, and also it it's sort of that if when he says it's not, it's my last thousand pounds, uh, dollars. It's my last thousand dollars. It's not something that really worries me. Like I haven't got a spare thousand quid, by the way. Mm. The, my point is that I know that somehow it'll all work out. But maybe you know seventy nine. That's a large amount of money. And so I did a little bit of research into what uh, today's money and nineteen seventy nine's money. Would okay. Be. Now, like you've been doing throughout this uh, particular uh, episode, <laughs> I did it as, do- as pounds, pounds instead of dollars. Yeah. But it turns out that a thousand pounds would equal three thousand five hundred and thirty-seven today. Yeah. yeah, that's not as much as I thought it would be actually. So dollars well, is going to be a similar sort of calculation. But, yeah, but that's the yeah. So I would imagine that the cruise cost about a, a grand. Got to be. Got to be. Probably even more. Yeah. Cause yeah. It's, it, there's no indication he's sharing or anything like that. He's got a cabin no, to himself. And he's got a cabin to himself, yeah. So, um, anyway, whatever it is. But also, when he's gone onto the ship, he's not gone to make this bet. No. It's an idea that came to him whilst he was on the ship. Well, that's, that's certainly well, how it came across. Yeah. But then we say that when we first see him, he's making notes and stuff. Yeah, so maybe he has gone with a mind... Maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. But in which case, he should have bet on the day before, because that was a full storm. Yeah. Anyway, we're anyway we're we're coming to, um, so he's coming to the end of that conversation, and and where that scene leads, where the night ends, is he's going back to his room, and he goes onto the deck. deck it's really windy, and he can't. He can barely open the door, yeah. and he can't walk out. His air's everywhere. It's like like Star Trek, isn't it? You know. Yeah, you know, that's when, right. When the, yeah. when the where, ship's moving from yeah, one side to the other. Yeah. So he's. I mean, uh, I've put here. It was just super blowy. Um, <laughs> anyway. It's next morning. And he opens his eyes and he's like, ah, it's next morning. Shuts his eyes again. Then, shit, it's calm. Where is the storm? And it is calm. It's billiard table calm. Yeah. From the, not the person. Yeah, that's right, yeah. No, the waiter, the room service. And he he says, we're bowling along. That's how flat it is. (laughs) So he's, yeah, so he he runs to the window, checks outside, calm sea, and then... Basically, over the course of the next few scenes, you you work out that actually, not only are they kind of like the storm hasn't affected them, but they've they made up time, so they're going to beat the estimate as yeah. well. So yeah. maybe the maybe if and he says if the wind had blown for an hour longer, yeah, if the storm was up for an hour longer, then that would have been because at this point here goes Bottyball back into his screwing minute detail out yeah. to people, and yeah. he's asking, well, how would yeah. have had to go on? Which, a question I think nobody would really sort of... No, it's, a, it's that another respite. He's already worked out that he's going to lose the bet. And he's and, and then a voiceover about what, how he's going to explain this to his missus. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, great soap acting while he's doing yeah. it. He's reacting to his voice. To his voice, it, yeah. his, 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 Because when you do voice things, all the voice happens at once, doesn't it? it the idea, the notion happens instantly. 
you don't say all of the sentence when you do voice things. Right, well, in your own head. In your, when you're thinking about something in your own head, it's like a package of detail. Yeah. Rather than a long, drawn-out process. Unless you're working out different packages. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's, it's actually quite weird if you think about it, isn't it? Look, I've just done it to myself and said, think about something in your head. And that thought just came to me. I didn't say all the words. Fully formed. Yeah. You don't think about something it as you're going yeah, on. Exactly. Anyway, but he's doing this narration. What do I do? What am I going to do? Oh, my God. And then somebody says to him, the only way you're going to win this bet... Oh, yeah, this it's is the husband. The guy, yeah. Yeah, the husband comes up to him and says, the only way you're going to win this bet is to turn the ship around. Why don't you have a word with him and say you'll go halves with him? So is he, is he having a bit of needle here? I think there's a little bit of that. I think there's a little bit. It's unnecessary. It's certainly unnecessary provoke. Yeah. Unless, again, it could be just badly written and it was meant to be a look on the bright side sort of thing. But there's yeah, no, there's no bright side. It, but it could be still smarting from yesterday when he's walked away from him saying... Yeah, just average. Yeah. <laughs> thinking, you know, you're having this now. <laughs> um, but what he says now, I looked at the time. There's eight minutes left. I, I was like, no, the unexpected bit is going to be a good unexpected. He's going to find a way to win this. Right. Okay. Now, he, as the guy walks, the husband walks away. He says to him, you know, I thought with your studs by the railings there, you were, uh, you were thinking, and he never actually says says jump. No. But then light bulb light bulb if I jump what is the process of picking up a man overboard and he figures it's going to take at least an hour which so he does the maths yeah lifeboat has to get dropped sail back for a little bit pick me up come on board either way it's going to take an hour that, which would put me back in the running and back in the running so and uh, that little formation of ideas takes a little bit of time he wants to make yeah. sure it's he wants to make sure it's definite so he consults a few people without mentioning his idea. And also, actually, with us, it's we're, led, we're building up the idea rather than it being a, that's what I'm going to do, right? So it, he walks onto the deck. He's got his summer suit on. It's, it's more of a safari suit, isn't it? A white, Panama suit, is that what you call I, it? Uh, white. Yeah, I, I, I'm sort of thinking, yeah, it's more white, isn't it? Yeah. yeah like, if a safari suit, I think khaki. Uh, yeah, Roger Moore in uh, yeah, Golden Gun. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. It's, it's more like a white T-shirt, almost like a tennis costume. Yeah, this is something that I would expect, yes, Fred Perry to have worn yeah. in, in a match. Or it might be something that you might wear in the in days gone by if you were in the tropics. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's one of those outfits that you'd wear if it was hot, Yeah, but you had bad legs. Yeah, it's yeah. not the sort of thing that you'd wear... Under the week October sun. No, um, and about to probably launch yourself into the Atlantic <laughs> Ocean. Or Pacific, we don't know, do we? So, um, now then, uh, he wanders up onto the deck and he spots his who's going to be his witness. Yeah. An old lady, not an old lady, she's, well, she's old, isn't she? She's, yeah. she's not yeah. doddery, but she's an old lady. Standing on her own. And what he needs to do is make sure that she's going to be the best witness so yeah. she needs to be the one that raises the alarm. So first of all, checks whether she can hear him speak. So he he talks a little bit louder. Yeah. Now I'm not sure about. Uh, sorry, a little bit softer. softer. Sorry. I'm not sure about whether she needs to be able to hear him speak. Well, because if she's not looking, uh, and then he checks her eyesight. I bet yeah, you can see a speck and stuff like. That. You don't need to wear glasses, do you? Yeah. Okay. So and, you, and she she does say that she's got good eyesight, except for reading, but she doesn't like reading. 
but uh, the person she's travelling with, Maggie, reads to her. Yeah. And you just talk about uh, how people soften their voice at times. Oh. I was in uh, the drive-thru at McDonald's, and the car in front of me did this, and I didn't know if I did it, so I had to test myself. I'll, I'll come to the answer in a minute. Oh. But the man in front... He's paying. For, he's gathering his stuff. He's paid for his stuff, and he's gathering his stuff through the window, right through the car. And I could hear a little bit, whatever he was saying. Right. And then, his she gave him his final cup of whatever it was, tea, something like that. And he goes, "Thanks, then." <laughs> right. And I thought, do we all do that? Do we all like a farewell? Client yeah, farewell. Or... Build the volume up. So we just go. So that's your Christmas present. I hope you like it. If you don't, here's the gift receipt if you don't want it. But um, is that all? Good, good. Right, see you later then. <laughs> and I and I, I had to test whether I did it or not. But of course, it's a bit like quantum physics. Now, when, once you start observing, it changes the outcome. Exactly. That was my that was my answer. I don't know if I do it because I I made myself not do it by yeah. by accident. Yeah. Anyway, um, so he's tested the volume of his voice. No, he's tested uh, hearing. her hearing on the volume of his voice. He's tested whether she can see oh, shit. And she's going to be stood there. And then he climbs up onto the end of the boat yeah. and does his kind of I'm the king of the world from Titanic moment. Yeah. And then in, in he goes. Now then, there's a nice camera angle here because you see her watching him jump in. Yeah. This is brilliant. Okay, that is the perfect witness. She's seen it happen. And then... He's like in the water. Help! Help! Come on. So she's not needing the hearing by this time, I think, because she's seen it all. Right? And then, close up of her. And she's like, oh. Yeah, she's. No, she's she's reacting, but in a more subtle way than soap acting. Yeah, it's like, well. You can tell there's something going on. Something's happened here. Yeah. But this is is unusual for this to have happened. Yeah. So. So it's not something's not adding up here, and she spots him and she just gives him a little wave. Yeah, and again he's kind of like, "Oh, he's going off in the distance as the ship's motoring along." And then, um, just as we think, maybe she's just in shock. A nurse walks over to her, right, in full nurse outfit. So there can be no doubt. And I thought when I saw the nurse, she's got a bit of a sharp nose. I thought. Looks like Mrs. Thatcher. Oh, really? Yeah. Turns out the nurse is played by the person who's Betty Eggleton in uh, Emmerdale. I don't know who that is, but oh, it's a, well. I think she's that's a, interesting, isn't it? She's called Paula Tilbrook, and uh, she uh, had a, quite a major role in it from 1994 till last Betty year. Betty Eggleton. And uh, I, so yeah, it was her. Oh, nice. And that good spot. It turns out is the Maggie who's been doing the reading. To the to, yes. So that yes, the old lady is explaining. Yeah, I, I go to bed early, so I don't know anything about this auction. Um, I, I don't read myself, but Maggie, I'm travelling with, reads with me. Yeah. So we and think Maggie, she's a travelling companion, yeah, but it turns out... Or a daughter. Out. Yeah. yeah. Um, Maggie is the nurse. Nurse walks over, and then she says, the old lady says, a man's just jumped in with all his clothes on. And then she goes, what, whatever next? Whatever next? And then she says, yeah, he, 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 I think he was flirting with me when he, he spelt his name out to me, and, and he kind of like... Because he, he also said when he was reading his name out phonetically he said L for love yes he did so, yeah, yeah. so that that would be that where she got that from but she, all the time she's telling this story and she's like oh well 
now the, the lady's presumably got some sort of dementia yeah and um, she's not being taken seriously the nurse simply humours her yeah now yeah. then that's where it ends isn't it yeah so really now we've got two in a row where the twist is the apparent sort of um, dementia of the of the of a woman involved in it yeah I is suppose it, the person who's gone yeah the, in the, when, yeah, in the, the mind's in the, gone in the cat one yeah we thought that that she, she was was somehow just not all there yeah this woman's not now is it a bit of a cheap twist is it a bit of a cheap unexpected turn um, to rely on on uh, mental illness yeah you could you see you could have had the same with children in this one it's to go man just jumped in a man's yeah. just jumped in and the mum and dad goes tell pull the other one yeah and I think I think more is to be done with the fact that the, the nice thing here at least is well is that this is the first time we've seen this woman so we have no idea about her state of mind yeah. and he seems to have done all his checks yeah. and the one thing that he failed to check was whether somebody was going to take her seriously yeah and as it happens she she isn't and that's where the episode ends now what I was going to say was just to, to mention something we spoke about earlier was that we don't we don't know whether he survived that or not. No, that's so he, true. So he could be the body ball in the next. I mean, it could be the same body ball. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, I. You know, as you say, it, you feel in the next five minutes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For, for me, the next five minutes was was he drowned? Yeah. Or, but, or five hours. Yeah. Yeah. But equally, somebody could have seen him. Yeah. I mean. You would have thought that if they'd done an itinerary, uh, do they do that? They call it an, uh, a, a manifesto, and kind of like you know, I don't know how they do this, but just make sure that numbers are accurate. Yeah. Because on a ship, there's a duty of care to make sure that nobody went overboard without people's being seen. Yeah. So he could have ended up winning that bet. We don't know. And because... also, he was fairly confident that he could stay afloat for a, a lengthy period of time. I yeah. thought. So perhaps somebody else would have picked him up, yeah. even if they didn't. Still, still, we've we've his plan hasn't worked, and it looks like he's going to lose his money. Yeah, um, his last one thousand pounds, and maybe his life as well. Yeah. yeah. So you know, he comes across in the end as a nice guy, but he's greedy. Yeah, just down on his fortune. But I tell you, he's greedy. Old mad gambler Dahl here, <laughs> who wrote this because um, it, the way he, that he bets, he. Um, Presumably, well, he what he said was that he is interested in the behaviour of yes. people who make high stakes. Yeah, um, which there's no real. I mean, the behaviour here is of somebody who's lost everything, rather than the gamble itself. Yeah. Right. Are we done? Yeah. Is that is that that's that was called a dip in the pool or yeah a dip in the pool. Um, that was. A, I think I fancy that would be a good. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, I I liked that just, one. Just yeah. a nice one. Yeah, uh, some good acting, a nice story, uh, nice change of scenery as well. Being on a on a boat, quite Agatha Christie. Yeah, you know, yeah. Use those locations that you don't often find. And now next week, guys. Next week we've got the last in the week. final episode of season one, which is the the way up to heaven. Now. Uh, what we'll also do is we'll try and add our favourite moment and our worst moment. We've already covered a worst moment, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But maybe favourite actor, 
and stuff like that most memorable moment yeah. so we'll, we'll try and do that as well um, and in the comments if you want to get involved and mention your favourite moments of season one um, and we'll have a short break and then come back and do uh, some season two I guess as, 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 but, but um, before we do all of that we've got the way up to heaven about uh, Mrs Foster and her pathological fear of being late Oh, brilliant. See you next time. See you next week.